0: As the Orange hold off the defending national champion, they beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout! McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle! He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone! Buffalo wins! Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, what's happening, Mohawk Valley? Oh, we got a special show planned for you tomorrow, a Utica-only program, as a matter of fact. Tomorrow, 4 to 6, uh, it's Utica time, baby. We're going to have Mets baseball on here on ESPN Radio, Syracuse, as the Mets play the Rockies. In Colorado, that's a 3 o'clock first pitch, so uh, we're not going to make it on the air here in Syracuse tomorrow. So, Utica, we're going to come out there. We're going to hang at the Landmark Studios. We are going to give you your own show. We're going to have Robbie Yasha on the program. We're going to have the director of the Boilermaker. I believe our friend from WKTV, Spencer Davidson, is going to join us as well. Utica, Utica, bring me all of the half moons and the greens and the Utica-themed things, because it's all about Utica tomorrow, baby. We're looking forward to that, so we will be out there tomorrow looking forward to that, looking forward to you taking in the program today wherever you are, perhaps on the ESPN app. That's a great way to listen. You download the app, you find the Listen tab, you find either Syracuse or Utica on there, and off you go into the world doing your thing, and we will come with you, except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. 437-7644, that's the phone number. Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. All great ways to get in touch with the program. Got your face in your phone. You might as well fire off a hot take or two at us, right. That's hot. Bring it, baby. We're ready for it. Uh, We have one guest joining us today. Looking forward to speaking with this gentleman. He is writing a terrific series of articles this week about what to look for for Syracuse basketball players next year. Mike Waters wrote that and you know, you learn something new every day, right? And I got to admit, I don't really think Mike Waters would be the guy I would learn this from, given that it is a baseball nugget. But I learned it from Mike Waters today. Expanding his horizons, writing about other things in the world, but there is a Syracuse connection there because uh, former New York Yankees pitching coach Billy Connors passed away at the age of 76. Connors played not only basketball, but baseball at Syracuse, and I learned something from Mike today I, I did not know. It's probably something I should have known, but just never crossed my radar screen until today, and that is that Syracuse University played in the College World Series. Did not know that. Certainly knew that Syracuse had a college baseball team and other factors there, but I didn't know they made it all the way to the College World Series at one point. So we'll talk to Mike about a story he wrote about that and Billy Connors and a couple other players that came out of the majors as well from Syracuse. We'll do that right here in this hour, by the way. Bayheim's Army coming up and recruiting. Joe Girard, what's going on there? A lot on the SU Hoops front, even here on June 20th to discuss. So we'll do that with Mike. We'll do some hot takes. As usual, Phil Mickelson's apologizing. Do you consider that sincere? Do you believe it? One of the great man-on-the-street interviews in the history of sports. We will play for you in hot takes. Creed two came out, at least a trailer, came out for that today. So it got me thinking about, well, what are some other sports movie reboots we could do? Because Creed was really good. And I think Creed 2 is going to be really good. Drago is involved, not only Dolph Lundgren, but his son got a quick image in the trailer of that today. I'm sure we'll find out more about that as we go. The movie doesn't come out for another few months, but I'm thinking, what would be some reboots that would make sense that we could do? Because it's the thing now. They did the Karate Kid extension, right? Cobra Kai, which I have not seen, but I've talked to a bunch of people that have. And they say, it's really, really good. We've got all these formats today. It doesn't even have to be a movie, right? You've got Netflix and Hulu and YouTube Red and all these forums that are just looking for content so it's like hey what about the sports movie realm what could we do there so we'll have some fun with that later in the program and so much more hope that uh, you join the party a little bit today i've got the nba draft on mine today i've mentioned this a time or two on the show that boy can you think of a year in recent memory that you have been less interested in the nba draft and you know we live in in our little biased bubble of a world here and we're most interested in the NBA draft when it pertains to Syracuse basketball players. And for six consecutive years, we have sat here on the eve of the NBA draft and tried to figure out where those players would go. And for six consecutive years, they went somewhere in the first round. That was the answer. We didn't quite know where in the cases of some players. We had a sense of where they would go in the cases of others last year, Tyler Lydon being one of them. We just kept hearing that he was going to go somewhere in kind of that 20 to 30 range, and he did. Malachi Richardson worked his way into a first-round pick. We weren't sure about Chris McCullough, but he snuck into the first round. We knew Tyler Ennis would be a first-round pick, but who was the best fit? Where would he go? Which team would take him? That was just four years ago, right? Seems like uh, it was sooner than that. Well, we don't have that conversation with you this year because we know there is no Syracuse players available because Ty's battle decided to come back, which is great, which is good news, which firms up what should be a team— That's got big expectations going into next season. So the NBA draft itself, to me, the most interesting thing that could happen on draft night is if something happens with Kawhi Leonard. What do the Cleveland Cavaliers do knowing that they have no idea what LeBron James is up to? And a lot of the big-name free agents and where they're going and how the draft affects them. The draft used to be about who are the players that can come in and make an immediate impact on the league. Who are those players that are NBA-ready right now? And there's still conversations about that, and there's still conversations about ACC players that we saw Syracuse play, like Marvin Bagley III. Do you take him at number 2? Or do you take Luka Donich, the European player, a surprise guy, maybe Michael Porter Jr. uh, shoots all the way up to that spot? So there is some intrigue with this draft. The number one pick is just a foregone conclusion in DeAndre Ayton, who's just one of the more physical freaks at his position, to come into the NBA draft in years. But I can't remember, and this might just be my bias, because there's no Syracuse guys in it, but... Is it me, or is the draft just not that interesting this year? Now, maybe things will get crazy if Ayton goes one and then an unexpected thing at two happens, and that is Sacramento sitting there. So, you know, they are known for <laughs> there's a reason Sacramento's always in the lottery, right? But who's the right guy there? Are in, in future conversations, are we going to be talking about one and two the way we talked about Sam Bowie going before Michael Jordan? The way Greg Oden went before Kevin Durant. Because there's been some big, big boo-boos in NBA draft history. Michael candy once upon a time, was a number one NBA draft pick. Anthony Bennett from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Not that long ago, by the way. That was like five, you know, that was like three years ago, right? Number one overall pick. All that scouting, all the film, months of discussion, and players like that got selected, which just goes to show you, as we kind of discuss around NFL draft time, it is such an inexact science. You are trying to project how people will not only progress physically, will not only adjust to the NBA game from a – these days it's a very short stint in college as a lot of the guys going in the lottery in the top 20 or one- or two-year players. So you throw that into the mix. They're going to bad teams usually – Are you that talented that you'll turn around a franchise? I mean, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Durant started in Seattle. He didn't even start in Oklahoma City. He didn't even start, of course, where he is now. Landed in Golden State as the ultimate free agent. Can you turn around a franchise in a league where the last four years it's been inevitable? Golden State and Cleveland, NBA Finals, that is going to shift now. Golden State is certainly still ruling the league, but... The favorite in the East, depending on what LeBron James does, and I think we're all under the assumption he's leaving Cleveland, the favorite in the East is going to shift to either Boston or Philadelphia and heavily Boston if they're not done, if they can somehow make a a huge trade, perhaps on draft night. Because Danny Ainge loves making trades. So that's where I'm leaving the window of possibility here. You know what else I've heard about the draft this year, and I have mixed feelings on this, is they're not going to be tip and picks on Twitter. Now, Woj, who is now with ESPN, made himself known for two things. He really made himself known as an NBA insider by breaking a lot of stories, kind of becoming the Adam Schefter of the NBA. And one of those big days is free agency, right? And who's going where and who's signing where. He's just like a one-man newsfeed. The other thing was Woj became famous for his Woj bombs on draft night. Not only is he like a pick ahead of television, he was five or six picks ahead. Because Woj, at one point in time, had no obligation to the league or to ESPN. He was a competitor. To ESPN. So that was his way to kind of, you know, stick it to ESPN. Be seven or eight picks ahead of what they're showing on television because ESPN didn't want its personalities tipping picks on Twitter. Well, word around the campfire is I haven't seen anything official. What I have seen is that the NBA would prefer. They have not said they 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 basically, there's no standing orders here. Like the NFL basically ordered its TV partners, don't do it. Make this a television show. Add to the drama. Not only did they not want you tipping pics on social media, they told them to take the cameras out of the green room, like don't show a guy on the phone sobbing with 10 minutes left on the clock and tipping pics that way. So now that Woj is with ESPN, remember last year, the news was out that he was going to ESPN, but he had not made the transition yet. Now that he is an employee of ESPN, Are we not going to get the bombs? Who's the guy that steps in? I believe it's the other guy at Yahoo's name I can never pronounce. It's Shams Charnia, I believe, and I I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. He was getting some picks in last year, so someone's going to step in and be that guy. You know, if you need it five minutes before everybody, if, if you're that impatient, there's somewhere you can get it. For the NBA draft... I kind of liked that, and I think the reason I liked that was by the time you get through the lottery and all the big names, now we're just Syracuse fans waiting to see where our guy goes. And, you know, selfishly as somebody that used to have to write about stuff like this on draft night, like, if I have even a 10-minute head start on where Tyler Ennis, Malachi Richardson, uh, Tyler Lydon, etc., etc. is going to go, well, that's good for Brent, right? But I did kind of like seeing Woj be five picks ahead than watching the coverage. Because unlike the NFL draft, there's only one channel that carries the NBA draft. The NFL draft is now on ESPN, the NFL Network. Fox got in on the act this year, so you're almost overwhelmed with the coverage. You can only really settle in on one thing. But I really enjoyed the two-screen experience of the draft, seeing Woj five picks ahead and then seeing how ESPN handled that how their talent went through it, how they reacted to the picks. So we might not get that this year. And the most intriguing thing on draft night might be trades, might be if the Lakers make a move to ensure they get quiet, Leonard, you know, positioning for free agency. It might not be Marvin Bagley, the third, it might not be DeAndre Ayton. It might not be Wendell Carter, Jr., Michael Porter, Jr., Grayson Allen and, and the names that you're kind of wondering where they're going to go. That number two pick is intriguing, but let, let's get a show of hands that Sacramento's going to make the right choice here. There's a reason they buy and don't rent in the top ten of the NBA draft every year, right? So I might be wrong here. I hope I'm wrong because the NBA draft is one of those last kind of big bang events before summer settles in and, you know, Brent starts taking all his vacation days. I want it to be something big. We shall see. But I I have a feeling the biggest story to come out of draft night is not going to be about the players getting drafted, and that's what it should be, right? We're going to talk a little hoops next with our buddy Mike Waters, Syracuse.com, doing a great job this week, kind of previewing next year what the players on this team have to do to improve as players. To take Syracuse a step further, we'll get some recruiting news from Mike. And as I mentioned, he wrote a really good baseball article today about a former Syracuse University baseball player and a former uh, pitching coach for the New York Yankees, who unfortunately passed away. So we'll talk about that next with our buddy Mike Waters. He's on the block coming up. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Thanks to Mike Waters for joining us. On the Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks Hotline. We will put that interview up as we do all of our interviews at espn.syracuse.com. Syracuse.com. in the audio vault, listen back to weeks worth of interviews on this radio program. It's a beautiful thing. Hey, just a reminder, Utica, you get your own show tomorrow. We'll be there in our palatial landmark building studios downtown Utica, Robbie Eschen studio, we have the director of the Boilermaker come by, Spencer Davidson, WKTV Utica, Utica we'll be there tomorrow looking forward to hanging in the Mohawk Valley get your own show tomorrow Utica, right now with that fancy open, let's do this thing we've got a hot one for you oh you're hot, why thank you, so are you and I'm not afraid to cry, so hot so hot Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. There's really nothing that amuses me more than man-on-the-street interviews with local news. And I have friends of mine that work in local news, and I, I, my heart pangs for them when they have to go out and do this sometimes because, well, people are smartasses, and they know if there's a camera there... Particularly if like you're downtown and a like celebrating something at like like you go have to do a report on when Syracuse is in the Final Four or something and you go to the local sports bar you're there with a bunch of drunk people doing a live report inevitably somebody's gonna do something behind you on camera that you know you wouldn't exactly show to your mother right or you interview people just for the sake of interviewing people It's just the standard practice in local news like a, here's a story go talk to two people. That are walking through Armory Square about you know the topic du jour. Right? Just it's just something they do. So the College World Series is in Omaha as it is every year, and <laughs> I saw this today. This is real. This this is a real clip. So the College World Series is going on, and I <laughs> from the man on the street world. I'm just I'm just going to let you listen. The sacrifices that we personally made to be here. opportunity to be here, but they get alone time, and I get a chance to be in Omaha. Yeah. That's hot. It sure is. Now, if you didn't catch that, I'm going to play it again. Just, just pay very close attention to what this man says. The fact that they interviewed this man, put this in the local news package about the College World Series, it made it through... All the editors and the people that needed to make it through and aired on the television report or presented as a blooper, one way or the other, it's just fascinating to me and fantastic. So again, if you maybe it's the kind of background noise you didn't quite pay attention to it, just just pay very close attention to what our friend, the Mississippi State baseball fan, says. The sacrifices that we personally made to be here are incredible. My wife's boyfriend sold his prosthetic leg on Craigslist to afford me the opportunity to be here. But they get alone time, and I get a chance to be in Omaha. I mean, can we give that man a slow clap right there? My wife's boyfriend sold his prosthetic leg. So I could be here, but they get alone time, and I'm at the College World Series. I mean... The guy is drunk. Maybe, I don't know, but that was fantastic. That's why I love man on the street interviews. Because you just never know what you're going to run into. That's hot. Most people are shy. They just kind of tell you what you think. Oh, am I going to be on TV? Oh, well, yeah, okay. And they give you a quote and, you know. But then you get that guy who had the wit off the top of his head to make something up like that. Or if that's true, that he really did get to Omaha that way, that's just fantastic. One way or the other, that's the greatest man-on-the-street sports clip I think I've ever heard. And I have heard and seen some crazy stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what Hot Takes is for, as is this. Cubs closer Brandon Morrow injured his blank while taking off his Blank Alright, let's play a, a little Quiz game here So, uh, Brandon Morrow Is out for the Chicago Cubs He injured his blank While taking off his Blank Let's see, he injured His Back While taking off his pants That is correct uh-huh. I got it on the first guest, I'm cheating, it's right here Uh, Said Morrow, who was injured early Monday morning, preventing him from pitching the ninth inning for the Cubs on Tuesday, quote, I was taking my pants off after getting home at 3 a.m. I got my right leg off, my left one. I felt spasms in my back. It's a tough time to get my socks on. And as we all are in life, his status is, quote, day to day. Now, you hear 3 a.m. It's not because he was out on a, you know, uh, at the bars. They got back from a road trip. That late, but in the weird baseball injury realm, you know, guys that hit the disabled list cutting their hand open, opening CDs, which I guess you can't use that as an excuse anymore. Remember, Jeff Kent claimed he was air quotes washing his car, but he got injured in another fashion. Guys that have fallen down the stairs, tripping over their dog. Remember, Sammy Sosa got a back injury, which can happen, by the way, but. Still weird to hear that a, a a big sneeze caused a back injury. Anybody that's had back spasms knows that they can come at any time, anywhere, and in a situation like that. But is that what? If that's true, is that what you really want to disclose? I I actually give Brandon Morrow some credit for actually telling us that. Like, wouldn't you think of something? Well, you know, I was throwing some warm up pitches and. And I tried to go to 99 on the gun, and I just kind of pulled my back out. Well, like, would you tell us? I, I guess we give them points for honesty there, right? Yeah, I was taking my pants off. Got the right leg off, but the left one, oh, couldn't do that, man. Then can the, the spasms. Like, you're out till, th- ah, man. I was out till 3 a.m. Threw my back out, you know, man. Just. You know how it goes. Just partying too much. There's like so many other things I would put on that list before I would admit. That's hot. Yeah, let's take my pants off. Uh, Speaking of injuries preventing people from doing things, David Price of the Boston Red Sox, who is pitching really well right now, I should add, it should not be on my bleep list, but he always manages to say things that just, how can I put this? Make me not like this guy. And he's on my team. That's that's my pitcher right there. That's my starting pitcher. Price is killing it right now. He is the best starter on the Red Sox, considering every time Chris Sale pitches, they find a way to lose the game no matter how well he pitches. So why will David Price not want to go or pitch in the All-Star game? A.J. Hinch is the manager of the American League this year from the Astros, saying, quote, I feel like if he did put me in, it would just... Hit me to throw an extra inning, and that would be a pretty pro move on his part. I'll have to come up with something so I won't have to pitch. I'll play a lot of Fortnite the night before, so I'll be down and unavailable. Now, remember, uh, Price was diagnosed with carpal tunnel syndrome earlier this season, and there was wide speculation it was because of his video game addiction that contributed to it. I do, I know what Fortnite is. I do not play Fortnite I have no desire to play Fortnite. But apparently, you know, something like this can cause carpal tunnel syndrome if you're playing video games too much. The fact that David Price would just kind of flat out come out and say that, I just don't like you. That's hot. And you got in a fight with Eck, my man Dennis Eckersley. It's tough right now because... He is the best pitcher on the Red Sox. So I kind of have to deal with his, let's say, quote, quirkiness at this point. That is such a 2018 injury right there. Speaking of weird injuries, carpal tunnel, cause, Fortnite cause. I don't know video games. Somebody give me another video game here. Star Wars Battlefront. I know that one. What's another video game you'd be playing all night that you would get? uh, What's what's the one where everybody's shooting each other? There's a lot of them that describe that, right? Grand Theft Auto, right? David Price, DL, four weeks, carpal tunnel, Fortnite. I just, I get it. You're a pitcher. You only go every fifth day. There's a lot of downtime. I've just the video game thing is I have. I have not touched a video game in years. Just fell out of that trap. Although I probably should get a PlayStation 4 because I hear that's a great way to kind of get around the cable package these days. But I am so glad, knock on wood, my daughter has not fallen down that trap. But video games are almost becoming obsolete, right? It's apps and it's playing games on your phone and things like that. But okay, thanks, David. Might have to have a Fortnite addiction. Miss the All-Star game. Okay, great. Thank you. Now, I brought this up. Mike Waters wrote about this, and you should check this out. I had no idea. I just things that have escaped my radar screen that probably shouldn't. So, uh, we learned today that, unfortunately, Yankees' uh, former pitching coach, Billy Connors, passed away at the age of 76. He had three stints as pitching coach with the Yankees, the first one being... In 1989, now he played college basketball and baseball at Syracuse University in the early 1960s. In his sophomore year, he appeared in 23 games. He started 17 of those, was a guard, averaged about six points per game. But this line is the one that raised my eyebrow. Helped Syracuse advance to the College World Series in 1961. Syracuse went 16-3 and in the regular season. After the 61 season, he left Syracuse, signed with the Cubs, had a brief major league career with the Cubs and the Mets. He really gets credit, by the way. The big thing that Billy Connors is known for is he helped Mariano Rivera develop the cutter. That is one of the most unhittable pitches in baseball history. And Connors helped him develop that, gain confidence in that, and make it one of the great weapons we've ever seen in the history of the game. So, there's a lot that Billy Connor's did, one of those behind the scenes guys that probably doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. But the fact that Syracuse University played in the college World Series is just incredible to me, given the limitations we have up here weather wise. The fact that Lemoyne has built a successful baseball team, and you know some sports around here that you think would be limited by weather that have managed to be successful and be successful consistently just goes to show you that college baseball could work at Syracuse. And I get the title nine is an issue and some sports have come and gone, but people have brought up Syracuse having a baseball team. They're the only ACC team that doesn't have one. And I get the weather's an issue, but then you look at Le Moyne and you look at some high schools and OCC and other places that make it work. Couldn't Syracuse make it work? So, Certainly, our thoughts and prayers go out to Billy Connors and his family, RIP to him. But what a fascinating guy and had no idea that Syracuse played in the College World Series. See, kids, the more you know, thanks to Mike Waters. We'll break on that note. more to come next hour. Seth Goldberg giving an update in just a moment here. Can we just play that clip one more time going to break the greatest man on the street interview in sports history? The sacrifices that we personally made to be here are incredible. My wife's boyfriend sold his prosthetic leg on Craigslist to afford me the opportunity to be here. But they get alone time and I get a chance to be in Omaha. Thank you. Bye-bye.